We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. So I'm very excited to have Trevor Mock on the phone call. And if everybody knows who Trevor is, he is the founder and CEO of Carrot, which is a a great web platform for real estate investors and realtors. Hmm. But um, I wanted to start things off, Trevor, with let's fill in some of that background, because I know that you can probably do a heck of a lot better job introducing yourself than I can. Jack, man, for, first of all, I just want to appreciate you for the invite. I'm always, I'm always humbled and honored to be able to come on and, and chat with people, uh, amazing people in their audiences. Because uh, one thing that that I'm passionate about that I get energy from is is this thing. Like I carve out time for this because I get energy from it. So thanks for giving me the opportunity, man. For sure. Um, as, as far as my background, so Carrot, we help real estate investors and agents, of course, uh, generate a lot of leads online. We help you. Control, control the conversation online with our content marketing tools and our high converting websites and hundreds of millions of dollars in deals have been closed through the system. But let's go all the way back uh, that what, what led into that. Um, I'm a real estate investor. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not an active, I'm not a flipper or a wholesaler. But early on for me, I looked at real estate and I said, you know, this real estate thing looks amazing. Uh, it's, it's something that's not going away anytime soon. Um, and it's something that that really interested me. And this is in college. I was 20, 21 years old. And I ended up buying my first rental property actually when I was 21 in college is a little four unit building. I still own that one today. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of what get, got bit me by the real estate bug was I had a professor, uh, Ari DeGruy. I remember he's like, he was an attorney and he was a real estate investor and it was the business law classes at college. And I'd, I'd be in there and he was a really passionate guy and he was talking about how he was building wealth with real estate and he was doing it, you know, he, he had a, he was a lawyer, so he had kind of that advantage. He could do the law part of it. Go, oh, man, that just sounds really interesting. And so I started to kind of follow that path and um, I wanted to be an attorney and investor. I got 50% of that right. Uh, I, <laughs> I failed the LSAT two times so bad that I couldn't get into even like my wait list school, uh, which I'm thankful for. But um, yeah, I bought that first property. Ever since then, it kind of unlocked for me. I go, man, uh, once I got over some of those initial mindset hurdles of, man, I'm too young. I don't have any money to buy a property. How do you do these things? I got around the right people, started reading the right things, and just took a leap of faith and bought that first property with 600 bucks of my own money. Um, owner carried the, 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 the mortgage back. It's cash flowed since day one. And, and I've been a buy and hold guy since. I bought a property next door to the one we're currently in as well. Uh, 7,000, 8,000 square foot commercial building with residential upstairs. We're putting apartments up there, retail downstairs. And um, over the course of those years, Jack, one thing that I learned, like real estate to me is a vehicle for wealth. I don't love real estate. Um, I don't love software. Uh, You know, those are amazing vehicles. And I said, what do I really get energy from? And for me, I get energy from talking with entrepreneurs. I get energy from um, learning how to better myself and helping to coach other people to do that. I get energy from strategy. Like I love strategy. I put a million things in the whiteboard, but I want to walk away from it and have someone else execute it. And I got really good at generating leads online uh, to the tune of about a hundred thousand leads for myself and my private clients before carrot. 
and now about three and a half million leads for, uh, for our clients over the past five years. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing how, how things kind of work out. So you, you started off down that road, uh, becoming an investor and then you, did you kind of stumble into this website thing? I mean, or, or was that a decided, like I see a hole and I'm going to fill it? No, man, I, I, dude, I, I wish I could have been smart enough to say, Hey, I see a hole and, I, and I'm going to you know proactively go fill it with a business. No. So, uh, I graduated college. I bought that property in, in the college town that I grew up in, mm-hmm. in, in Southern Oregon. And then we moved to Portland. So my wife and I, we got married right after college, moved to Portland for her master's degree. And while I was up there, that's when I thought I was going to wholesale houses, flip houses, buy more rentals. I didn't up there. Um, but what I got really interested in was, uh, was learning marketing. Like I, I just knew that, that it interested me. I wasn't that good at it. So my uncle was a mortgage broker. This was to, to give you guys context. This is 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like right at right before or right during when everything was kind of happening, like right before, uh, before the big meltdown. And he, he was, he was having me doing marketing in, in his office. Um, I was making a thousand bucks a month. You know, wasn't really making much money. And I was so grateful though, because I gave my, it gave me a chance to say, I don't have to get a job this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give myself 12 months after my college graduation to figure out how to do entrepreneurship stuff. And if I can figure it out by the end of the year, or if I feel like I'm getting close, I'll, I'll, I'll renew that mental contract with myself for another year. Mm-hmm. And the first year which is all about me. I mean, I was picking up the phone, cold calling Craigslist. Um, I was just doing all kinds of stuff to try to generate mortgage leads. I generated a lot of private lender leads in that year and a half. Mm-hmm. And where the internet came in was this, Jack. My uncle walked up to me and he points over my shoulder and I was on the, on, on the computer and he said, Google this, go to Google and type up like Portland mortgage broker. And I did. And up to that point, I really hadn't used the internet for much other than college papers, Craigslist, and it was pre-Facebook for me, pre all that. Mm-hmm. and I Googled it and he said, how do I get there? Like to the top of the Google search for Portland mortgage broker. And I go, I don't know. And he goes, do you think you can figure it out? And I said, I, I go, I'll give it a go. I think I can. And so that kind of set me off on to figuring out, man, you can use the internet for marketing that a lot of people are starting to use this thing and it's driving so much of our attention. How do we get in front of that attention and, and, and add value to people where they want to work with you? And so that led into me learning SEO really, really well, got them ranked really high. That led to me a sort of blog for what I was doing with real estate. And I learned how to do content marketing and conversion rate optimization. And then after I started doing those, I started to get clients. Uh, my biggest client, you've probably used their product before. Biggest client at that time before care, it was a company called Halstead International. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go into Home Depot and look at all their like luxury vinyl plank flooring, it's, it's this company makes it mm-hmm. all. Uh, at that time, they're about a half a billion dollar a year company. I cold called them and, uh, and pointed out the big issues they were having with their online credibility. If you would Google, if you would Google their product names and lure flooring reviews or whatever their product names were, other people were controlling the conversation around their brand. And I knew that with the right content and the right setup of your website, you could take over those Google search results with your own content and start to control the conversation. And so we did. Uh, within 18 months, we took them from, it was like number eight or nine in, in homedepot.com in their category to number one within 18 months just with content. And so that's, that's kind of the whole evolution of the skill set over the past, I guess it'd be like 12 years. And the website thing came up because I was generating tenant leads for myself online mm-hmm. uh, for my rental properties. 
and for my Airbnbs now. And um, I would have buddies just being in the real estate space that would reach out to me and say, hey, like you're pretty good at this lead stuff. Can you get seller leads for me over here? Can you get cash buyers? And I would just take my model that I'd, I'd done. I'd spin up, spin up a website for them. You know, just the old fashioned way, like throw it up on a hosting account. And you have to do all that wacky stuff. And it, it just like, it would load slow and all that. And we'd start to get really good at leads. And then eventually I had probably 50 to 75 of these websites up that where I wasn't really making much money on, if any, that I had just done as favors for friends. Some of them were you paying me 10 bucks a month for hosting. Mm-hmm. And um, without going into it too deep, I was, I was, I was needing to make a shift in 2010. Um, and, and there's a really good analogy, man, that I heard from a friend and it really hit me just recently is, is, is everyone's heard what must, what goes up must come down. Right. Mm-hmm. But we often don't hear the opposite, which is, which is before, before you really grow, uh, you've got to start going down first. So let's, let's take the analogy of a seed. And let's say you've got a seed, an apple seed, an apple tree seed in your hand. Mm-hmm. And that seed is just a seed. It's not an apple. It's not a tree. It's got to fundamentally change what it is in order to become a tree and then bear fruit. Right. And so you take the seed, you plant it in the ground, you put dirt over the top of it, you start watering it. And a lot of people think that the tree grows up first. It actually doesn't go, it goes down first. Like the roots go down Mm -hmm. and then it starts to sprout up and then it grows into a strong tree. And then eventually a bird lands on it, you know, and, and starts to build a nest and then a little baby bird and the mama birds up there flying around coming back and feeding the baby bird. And the baby bird's like, man, I want to be up there where mom is gets up on the edge of the, on the edge of the, um, the, the nest and a bird doesn't immediately jump off and go straight up. It goes down first and then it flops up, flops. It's not working. It's working now like you're laboring and then you're going. And the same thing happens with a lot of people, myself included. Oftentimes you have to go down financially, down mindset wise, down whatever to come back up. And that was my 2010 through 12 phase. I went from making low six, six figures a year as a 20 something year old guy to a $27,000 taxable income in 2011. And, um, and it was purposeful though. I cut all my businesses except for the consulting company. I got rid of everything that I felt was dragging my energy that didn't have purpose. It didn't have connection, uh, for a greater purpose. And then I said, what's the one thing that's left that I need to cut? And the one thing Jack that was left that I needed to cut was the 75 or so websites on my reseller hosting account and HostGator. It was the one thing. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to send an email to all of them and say, man, this is a terrible business model for me and I'm not serving you well. Um, I wasn't trying to make it a business model. I was trying to like pay my expenses, do a favor to all those people. And I said, I was getting ready to send, send the thing and say, hey, here's all of your hosting files. Like go, go set up your own account somewhere and you know, you know, thank you for, for the time. And right before I hit, I hit send, uh, that, 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 that day before I was going to hit, uh, hit in the next day, a buddy of mine who's a contractor walked into my office here in this building that I'm in. And he said, Hey, can you pull us up in Google? Like a very similar story to my uncle. <laughs> He's like, pull up Roseburg paving contractors. And he said, man, you can't find me anywhere on the first two pages of Google. And I set up this Wix website. It looks pretty, but it doesn't get me any leads. Even, even when people land there, it doesn't convert into a lead. He goes, you know how to do it? I go, man, I do. I know exactly what you need to do. You need to change this, 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 and do this, and got to get off of Wix and do this other thing that performs better. And then it hit me. I'm like, man, this isn't a real estate issue. I'm not burnt out on real estate. I'm not burnt out on investors at all. I was burnt out on my business model. 
previously. This is a small business issue where everyone was focused on getting online. I just got to get online for easy, simple, cheap. Once everyone's online, now I got to perform. And I Mm -hmm. felt, man, the next 10 years is all about performance. And so that's what it was. That was a long story, man. I wanted to take everyone through the whole mindset part of it, but that was, that was, that was the moment. It wasn't, I saw an opportunity. It was, I was trying to trim things down and that was the last thing I was going to trim. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy walked in and I, then I saw an opportunity and I'm like, oh, okay, this is much bigger than I think it is. And I think I can help, help investors and agents better than anyone in the world doing this. Sure. So, you know, you, you, you touched on that credibility part of it mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that I've heard, especially in your podcast and, and a few other, you know, your blog posts and, and I've been stalking you a little bit. Um, talk about, let's talk about that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, th- I think what, you know, I've, we've, I've done websites and I've tried a few other companies and everything in the past. And, you know, whether it's Wix or Squarespace or, you know, you can, the, the list can be a mile long. Mm. Um, in fact, I even just did a simple WordPress on something like HostGator myself at one point. Yep. But you know, the, the, let's talk a little bit about the importance of credibility, what that means, especially online. Uh, let's start there. And then I'm, I have another follow-up question. After. Yeah. Cre- credibility is huge. And I, I think, I think the best way to kind of relate credibility for people is, is picture the last time you were in a store um, or you're at home and you're, you're thinking about buying a product. And you know, here's an example for me, that exact product, that Home Depot product, I was uh, going to put it in a rental property of mine and I was standing there at Home Depot in front of the aisle. And what do I do? I take out my cell phone right there in the aisle at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And then I go to Google. And I start searching for, you know, this flooring product reviews, this one versus that one, this one discount, whatever it is. And so it's just natural to us when, when we get close, when, when we're researching, we do certain searches, we're searching for answers. And then when we're getting close to making a decision, we, we then start to look at this versus that or this reviews, like it happens almost every time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think people can relate to this too. Uh, you, you, go to you go to Amazon and uh, what, one of the things that we just all do on Amazon or Airbnb or whatever it is, is we look at the reviews, right? It's like, mm-hmm. there's the product. And now I want to ask people this question is, is uh, we, we will probably never buy a product on Amazon that has no reviews, right? Like you'll, you'll go there. The worst, like the, the worst is no reviews mm-hmm. because you go, I don't want to be the first one to, to be the guinea pig. Um, and so almost always in any time I see a, a, an Amazon product with no reviews, I bounce back and go find one with reviews. And so that we're just, it's just hardwired into us right now. And so if you're doing direct mail or cold calling or Google pay-per-click or SEO or whatever it is, um, people go through a decision process. The first thing is they have to be problem aware, right? They, they've got to have a problem before they're going to go out there and seek a solution to it. As soon as they have that problem, they inherit the house or, um, you know, they're, they're going through the divorce or what, whatever the reasons they need to sell, then they're going to start to seek out solutions. And depending on their motivation is how fast or how slow they'll seek out solutions. Um, at that point, now they're going to be noticing the bandit signs along the street. Now they're going to be noticing that billboard over there that they didn't notice two months ago because they didn't have the problem. Now they're going to be going to Google, making Google searches. Sell my, how do I sell my house quickly in Houston? Um, selling a house in divorce in, Duluth, in Duluth, you know, how, how to, how to save taxes on selling an inherited house, like all these search, search, search types of phrases. 
and they're going to start broad. And then as they get closer, they're going to then find solutions. So I got two postcards. I saw the bandit sign over there and I visited these two websites, right? They've got five things in the solution bucket. Now, the only way that they can whittle down who do I work with out of those five or six is trust and credibility. Um, and I guess the other thing is the offer price, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of people would actually be really surprised that offer price isn't at the top of the list for most sellers. Right. It, it's, it's who do I want to work with? Who do I actually feel comfortable with? Who, who's the, the person or company that will actually follow through with what they say? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't. And so that last part guys, that, that last 15 yards, you know, metaphorically to close the deal is credibility because they're going to be going to Google and searching your company name plus the word reviews, your competitors and whatever they find on your website is what's going to help either uh, guide them towards working with you, make them feel really comfortable or um, push them away. And uh, there's a lot of things you can do there. We, we can talk about how to build credibility, whether you're newer or experienced. Well, you know, that's, you're actually walking right into what I was getting to here. Mm -hmm. You know, to build credibility, what, what I definitely have learned is that a lot of people throw up a website, whether it's through GoDaddy or, or whatnot, and they expect that that's all they got to do. Yep. And it, it, that's a huge mistake. I mean, it, it'd be like putting a billboard on one road and, and hoping people just drive by and see it and then take action. I mean, what type of activities does a person, even, even with a, a site managed through Carrot, I mean, yep. there's a lot of great content and a lot of uh, tools that are provided there, but what type of additional actions do people mm -hmm. still have to take? Like, <laughs> Dude, you're, you're, you're spot on. And, and, and it's kind of funny because the, the way that I look at any marketing, and we'll go with the online side of it, you got to get the foundation right first, right? Just like with a house. And so that, that's where Carrot takes care of the foundation amazingly well. We, we, we make it load crazy fast and all that stuff that we're not going to get into now. So we take care of the foundation so you don't have to. But then after that, no matter how good the, the website's optimized, it's not going to convert anybody if there's not any people actively driven in front of it, like you're saying. So the first thing that I would do, Jack, is, is, is I always direct people to amplify your, your offline marketing. What marketing are you currently doing right now that's working uh, or that you're just getting started? And how do you amplify and make that better? And right. so I was talking with Tom uh, right before this, and they do a ton of direct mail. And as soon as they started building in their credibility on their website and they switched to Carrot, uh, their direct mail actually started getting a better ROI. Uh, Carter Steph, the largest home buyer in Oklahoma City, they, they um, were doing a lot of radio and TV advertising, no online. They, they were ranked for their own company name and that was about it. Mm -hmm. But they ended up squeezing out another twenty dollars to $30,000 extra a month in profit uh, because their website, because that's all they changed was just their website. And so that's the first thing, y'all, is amplify your offline marketing. So I'd write down, what marketing am I doing right now? And then I would go, cool, let me go look at those marketing pieces. Let me look at the direct mail piece. Let me look at the phone number I'm texting or calling from. And anything that's identifiable, write those things down. It could be your company name, if that's on those pieces. It mm -hmm. could be the phone numbers, even if they're tracking phone numbers, write those down. Uh, anything that's identifiable that someone might go to Google to search. And then I would go to Google and search them all mm -hmm. and, see, and see what those people see. So that's the very first thing. And that, that's like amplify what's already happening over here because you're going to be able to squeeze a, a bunch more profits out of that. If you kind of, one, one thing I like to say is, is, um, you know, if, if you lose one deal per year and let's say your average profit per deal is 10 K, if you lose one deal per year, uh, because of underperformance on your website, that's $10,000. Like that, that's mm -hmm. a big expense. 
Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing that I would do, Jack, once I've got that tied down, I've got my brand search tied down, anything around my brand, anything that's identifiable in my marketing, I'm going to make sure I have content and my web pages uh, that rank high in Google for those. We can talk about a couple specifics and how to do that if you want later. But the next thing that I would do is I'll go, okay, cool. Um, uh, there's a lot of free things that you can do to drive traffic to your website. So I'm going to talk free and easy stuff first, and then we'll talk stuff that requires some money. Sure. Um, so there's some free things, y'all. I, I call them Facebook phishing posts. Mm-hmm. And a Facebook phishing post is straight up, you go to Facebook and you're fishing for comments and engagement. And so as a real estate, I'm going to give an example as an agent and an investor, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and there, you guys can start to think up other ways here. So as an investor, if I want to do Facebook phishing posts, now this works kind of in tandem with your website and you can sometimes just work with Facebook. Um, I might go to Facebook and in my friend's group or in, or in a marketplace um, page or whatever it is. I might, I might type in something like, how many houses have you driven by uh, to, you know, this week or today that had, a house, that had grass this high? And like post a picture of a house with, with high grass. And then I would say, um, you know, that house is driving down the value that might be driving down the value of your home. One of the things I'm crazy passionate about is getting rid of these houses and, and making them beautiful and getting great, get great people in there to help the value of your home get higher. Comment below how many houses you've driven by, you know, this month or this week or whatever it is that have grass this high. And then there might be like one, two, none or whatever it is. I would then DM every one of them. Hey, awesome. Uh, you know, what neighborhood are you in? I really am passionate about this neighborhood over here. Uh, if in, in, by the way, actually buy these houses and fix them up and um, I give referral fees. So next thing you drive by one of those houses or do that one, shoot me the address. And if I buy it, I'll send you a thousand bucks mm-hmm. um, on the agent side of things. It could be something the effect of, you know, if you know that you want to go after first time home buyers and you know that a first time home buyer in your market, the house is sub 200 K I would, I would figure out what's the mortgage payment for that. Mm-hmm. And let's just say it's 800 bucks a month. Then I would go in my IDX, my MLS system, and do a search to find out how many houses are sub 200K in that market. And then I would make a Facebook phishing post that says, says, hey, everybody, I just did a search and there's 152 homes in Roseburg that you can buy for under $800 a month, less than your rent probably is. So post below what your monthly rent is and if you would love to buy a home for less than your monthly rent. And then you're going to get a bunch of replies, man. I've done this and I've seen it. And then I would DM all of them or post it in the comments say, Hey, if you want access to this list, let me know. I'll DM it. I'll DM it to you. And then you just have a lot of engagement. Craigslist is another great one. Um, I I did an interview with Keith uh, Sant. He came down to carrot camp, uh, this last carrot camp and he still posts on Craigslist, man. He's closing deals from Craigslist Hmm. and it works. And he always puts his website in there. It's free. Uh, Some of them are free. Some of the ones he does are like five buck postings and he'll post, you know, maybe 10 of those a month. So you're talking 50 bucks, maybe a couple hundred bucks if you go all in and post in some of those. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some of the kind of uh, lower dollar. There's other things you can do there too. Um, as far as the, the other way, if I were to go into a market though, Jack, and if you were to say, hey, Trevor, no one what you know, and you were to go into any market, what would you do? The first thing I would do is I would, um, I would do Google pay-per-click because it's predictable. Um, it gets the most consistent result that we see anywhere when it's done right. Uh, when, when you hear nightmare stories from people, it's when it's, it's just not done right. It's, mm-hmm. it's not driving to a web page that is going to convert, even if it's carrot. Like I'll look at, I'll look at some people's pages and they just clicked launch. They threw up their logo 
and they didn't add credibility. They didn't swap out the photos. They don't have a good about page that really like shows who they are. They don't have testimonials. Mm -hmm. So Carrot can do an amazing job having a high conversion structure and making your website load really fast and making it easier to rank well in Google. But you're still going to need to step out there and build authority and trust. And so with Google pay-per-click, man, uh, I have something I call a 60-day profit rule. And when we, when we run traffic internally for some of our high-level clients, that's our, that's our number is, is, I mean, I can't even tell you if there is one in the past two years that hasn't met this rule yet. I can't think of one. Um, but we always pull a deal out in the first 60 days, mm-hmm. every single time. Uh, the only variable is how much money will it cost to pull that deal out. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of things that we could, we could talk about there. Long-term though, so now, the, now the, the bread and butter for Carrot, if you were to look at the three and a half million leads that have came in through our system over the past five years, uh, about 70% of them are from, from Google search, uh, organic, someone ranking really high in Google. And so one, two punches in the short term, the first 90 days or so, you really want to focus on what I call hamster wheel marketing. It's stuff that you got to do activities on, the posting mm-hmm. on Craigslist or doing that stuff. Get, getting uh, Google AdWords going, your short-term marketing, because search engine optimization takes time. Mm-hmm. And so while you're building up those rankings, there's a process to do that, and there's all kinds of free articles we've got to drive people through that they can check out um, or our training. But that takes time. It might take 6, 10, 12, 14 months to get a really good ranking, depending on how competitive the market is. But once you get that ranking, man, like your leads are consistent. They're predictable. They're the best leads you can get, the highest profit margin leads, the highest motivated uh, uh, sellers anywhere. So short-term hamster wheel marketing, marketing that requires you to do work, but the second you stop off the ham- step off the hamster wheel, it slowly comes to a stop. Then you got to get back on it to make it work. Mm-hmm. The SEO side and content, is like it's building authority it's like taking bricks and stacking bricks it's hard it's dirty work you don't see there's not like a lot of um satisfaction early on you're going man i'm doing the work but where's the result this this brick wall i've got 14 bricks down there it's just one row it's not a wall yet it's not doing anything for me but if you keep on stacking bricks because you've got the vision for that wall mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to give you a result you keep stacking bricks eventually you're going to have a wall that bounces everything back for you and that's what SEO does. And that's, that's where you start to get that consistent best leads and best deals. And you pull back in a year, year and a half, and they're coming and you're not doing any work to get them. Right. No, and I think you just pointed something out that's pretty significant. People expect that SEO to work so quickly. And uh, it, is, it does take a lot of work. And, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of effort on, on people's part. Um, yep. That, you know... I've definitely been learning, especially with the podcast and a few other things, content is a king. And you hear that repeated, that mantra over and over again. But if you're not consistent and persistent with that type of stuff, and especially your engagement on the social media, uh, it's just going to wither on the vine. Mm. And it's it's about authority. It's funny, Jack, because I was kind of looking at things going into, into this year. Um, re- really looking at, man, what's been working for us and what's been working for our clients and what's the state of the market? You know, when you're at, when you're at the top of a market, um, there's a lot of competition, right? There, there's a lot of newer people wanting to enter the market, which is amazing. I love it. And there's also, um, there's also a lot of people who have been there, but there's a lot of agents, real estate agents. Now there's, there, now there's the iBuyers, right? You have, mm-hmm. you have the iBuyers coming out from the other side too. And so we're kind of in this perfect storm where, where the market is at near or in some spots a little bit on the other side of the top. Um, 
which, uh, it, which drives a lot of demand to be in, in, in the industry. So there's a lot more competition. And then you've got the eye buyers also squeezing in there. And when you really look at it and go, man, how, how do I, as a newer investor or even the biggest in my market, how do I, how do I continue to thrive or how do I crack through and make it work? And if you're a newer investor and you're looking at all the competition, you're going, man, how do I make that work? Uh, one of the best ways you can do it, number one, you got to follow someone who, you, who can be a mentor, follow, you follow Jack and follow them, follow someone that's like, these people are doing it. I'm just going to implement what they teach and, and don't switch and do a hundred different methods. Like pick a person that you trust and you know, and just do what they teach. But then the next thing is you've got to build authority. Like how, how do you stand out from the others? How is it that you do stand out from that bigger investor? Uh, how do you stand out from the eye buyer? And the way that you do that is you do things that they can't do. They can't be you. They, they can't have your, your um, personality. I'm not, and I don't say personality as in, hey, you're funny. They don't have, they, don't, they aren't you, right? right? And so that's one of the first things I would do with my website is I would get myself on the website or someone on my team if you're just flat out not comfortable. Sure. Sure. I'd like doing content, uh, talking with the sellers that I'm working with and, and doing little case study videos. And I would start to separate myself with, with my authority. The only way to build authorities with content, the only way. Sure. You know, so what is some of that low hanging fruit? You know, I, I think when, when people hear the word building content, you know, or doing something they're mm. they're thinking about writing long blog posts or they're thinking about starting a podcast or they're doing a YouTube channel. Like, uh, what, what kind of content or what type of authority material mm -hmm. could somebody produce that isn't, is per, possibly perceived a lot of time and effort, but maybe, maybe it's a little easier to swallow? Oh, man. Awesome question. So I, I cut, dude, I cut my teeth doing uh, long form written content because Google, if you look at the Google stuff, Google likes a lot of content. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to want to see you know, somewhere between 800 plus words on a web page in, in a competitive search phrase to even have a chance to get in that top five. And so when you look at that and go, man, I don't want to, I'm not a good writer. I don't know what, I don't know how to write it. So Google likes it. I don't know how to write it. So it converts well. Well, Carrot takes care of a lot of that for you, first of all. But the, the first thing I would, I would suggest is to, is to do what I did. So I, I, I went from writing really well and making stuff rank well, but I got burnt out on it. I'm like, man, I was dragging my energy down. I said, what, what is it that, that is more natural to me? Something that I could hammer out quickly that doesn't take me to spend days or hours to do the thing. And I'm like, I don't know, I've got this phone in front of me and I, I tend, I, I'm good at video now. I wasn't, I didn't used to be, but I just, cause I've done a lot of it now. I used to hate video. I used to never want to be in video. I used to never want to hear my voice. Mm -hmm. And what we do now, man, is I don't write any articles. Uh, I do a lot of video. And I'll give you an example from a real estate agent and I'll give an example for an investor. Um, a local real estate agent here, Danny, we were talking with them and they were saying, man, I really want this result online. I want to, I want to get those, I want to get in front of those prospects online because we know that they're the highest motivated. We know they tend to be the best types of prospects to, 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 to work with. Um, and, but he wouldn't write content. I said, okay, Danny, take out your cell phone. And next time you're out there on the field, you know, in the field, one of his expertises is, is uh, ranch land, farmland. I said, next time you're on a piece of farmland, take out your cell phone or have someone do it for you and just record like a three to five, three to six minute video of you talking about something that's your expertise in farmland. And then 
upload it to YouTube and put it through our feature called video post, which just yanks out your video content, all the words, puts it into an article for you and then puts your video at the top of it. And then as long as you have a good title, which we coach you on has a really good chance of ranking well in Google and then you can mm -hmm. share it on social media and everything. So Denny does it. And this was, this was years ago. This is 2016. And uh, to this day, if you were to search like Roseburg farmland or Roseburg farmland for sale or any of those phrases, uh, you're going to see Denny's, three minute and 26 second video ranked number one in Google over landandfarm.com, over landwatch, over loopnet.com because he went hyper niche, hyper local and crushed it with content. It took him under five minutes to do the whole process. And so that's what I would do, Jack, is I, I, would, I would take out my cell phone and if you're a real estate investor, even if you're, even, even if you're a beginner, uh, a lot of beginners kind of have a, a limiting belief saying, man, well, how, how am I going to do case studies or testimonials or uh, how am I going to teach this if I haven't done a deal yet? I would just document it. Like next time you go out on, on a property, let's say it's an inherited, an inherited property. You're going to go check it out. Uh, after I see the property, I would take out my phone. I'm either standing there in front of the property or at, at the office or in the property, whatever, whatever makes sense for you. And I would say, hey, this is Trevor here with you know, ABC House Buyers in Houston. And I was really excited because I had a chance to talk with Marsha today. And Marsha inherited a home here in Houston that she's looking to sell fast. And they gave us a call. They found us online. And so we headed over here. We, we got to talking with Marsha. And we're, we're really looking to figure out if, if we could solve her problem, whether we buy the house or not. You know, that's, that's, that's always, always depends on the situation. But here's what Marsha's, Marsha's situation was. And then I'd just kind of talk about the situation a little bit. And mm -hmm. I'd say, uh, here's what we actually talked with Marsha about and a few solutions that she can have. Here's solution number one. Da, 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 da. Here's the second one. Or the third one is they can actually sell to us uh, for cash. We can close quickly and it would eliminate all these burdens. Now, if you're looking to sell your house that you inherited here in the Houston market as well, uh, just give us a call, give us a text or go to our website at Blah. And we'd love to work with you just like we've chatted with Marsha here. Just start to do that kind of stuff. Or mm -hmm. something, Jack, that would be perfect, man. People want to see transparency these days. And, oh man, the, the investors that add more transparency to the mix are the ones who are going to win. Take out the phone. And uh, what, what your prospects are always thinking about is like, look at their objections. What objections do your sellers have? Well, one of them is, man, you're probably going to lowball me because they heard that from somebody else. Mm -hmm. uh, another, another objection might be, well, shoot, are you, is this too good to be true? Are you actually going to follow through with it? Because I heard from this person over here that they got bailed out on by two investors and the thing might not be real. Um, whatever, there's a lot of objections there, right? Um, and so I'd write all those objections down. And then I would take out my phone and I would record a short video on each one, three to six minutes. The reason three to six minutes is important is because the average person speaks 120 to 160 words a minute. And when Google wants to see an article, it's minimum 500 words, but ideally closer to 800 or more. Uh, a three minute video is going to be around 500 words if you ain't got all the words out. A six, seven minute video is going to be over 800 words if you ain't got all the words out. So that's why it's important to not have a bunch of 30 second videos uh, for the sure. Google side. But I, I, I would, next time I'm making an offer, I'd take out my offer document and have someone film it or me do it myself. I'd say, hey, this is Trevor, ABC Homebuyers. Now, you might be wondering, how is it that us homebuyers come up with the, these offers? You might've even heard from somebody that we, we go out and lowball people and da, da, da. Well, I'm actually gonna walk you through, you probably haven't seen this before, uh, other people do it, but we're, 
One of our core values is transparency. I'm going to walk you through our exact offer process right here. And here's an actual property that we're, we, we've been fortunate enough to, to, to work on and, and we're making an offer on it right now. So here's what it looks like. And I would walk them through the whole thing. Like fill it out. Here's why I'm doing this. Here's why I'm doing this. Here's how, here's how I came with my, up with my number. And here's exactly what your offer is going to look like on this, on this exact piece of paper so they can ex- know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you have any other questions, feel free to give us a call or submit the form on the website and we'd be happy to work with you. Our, our number one aim is just to really um, deliver a great value to our clients. We understand we're not right for everybody, but we're right for a lot of people, especially if you want to sell fast, have the convenience, and you're willing to give up a little bit of your equity in exchange for speed and convenience. Mm-hmm. You know, so to start to document those kinds of things, that's the content, and then put it through our video post feature. Uh, if you're not a Carrot member, you, you can do the same thing. It just takes, it takes a lot more time. But you go to rev.com, R-E-V.com, and you take that video, you upload it to YouTube, but then you send it through rev.com, and they'll mm-hmm. transcribe it. They'll give you the words. It'll be about a buck a minute. Um, and that process will probably take you somewhere between 40 and 60 minutes because you got to log into Rev, upload the thing. Da-da. They're going to email you. you got to copy it from your Word doc, paste it over here, get all the, the weird formatting out, build this thing over here. Um, and it's going to take you a bunch of time with the carrot thing. You just put it into video posts, which yanks the video in, imports it automatically. You push a button, it sends it out, gets it transcribed, sent, yanks it back, makes an article, emails you and says your article's done. And so that process is more like four minutes. Um, you, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because when I first started, you know, I told you that we, we tried at a, a variety of different website platforms and a few other things to, to get the job done. And I even went as far as uploading videos to YouTube, mm-hmm. letting it do the captioning and then copying and pasting because it would create a file or a page I could copy and paste. But then you have to go yep. through the editing process because that's not perfect. Yep. And um, it, in the end, it's like, you know, the, the old adage, you're tripping over nickels to pick up the penny. Mm. Um, yep. there's, a, there's a lot of wasted time and resources when you're, when you're the one you know, it takes quite a bit of time to edit and yeah. proofread that type of content. It, it, it does. And, and there, there's no transcription service, of course, it's going to be perfect. Uh, we've tested a bunch. Rev, Rev is definitely the best um, that we have found. But that, that's kind of the thing. I mean, Jack, one, one of my philosophies always is, is done is better than perfect. And right. you've probably heard that before. And originally, I, I, could, I couldn't say that I... Um, I couldn't say that I lived that ethos for, for a long time because I'm kind of, a, I used to be a perfectionist part of it. Mm-hmm. And so as I've grown, grown as an entrepreneur, I really realized the, the importance of speed the, the importance right. of just like, just get it done. There's certain things that should be done amazing. Like if you're, if you're making an iPhone and you're, you're the head designer of iPhone, I think it's gotta be pretty perfect, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the reason people are buying it is for perfection. Right. Uh, but if you're putting out content and you're an investor, your software company owner, or whatever it is, they're probably not looking for straight up perfection in the article. They're looking for an amazing execution of the solution uh, right. with you. And so focus on the things that are important. Done's better than perfect. And, um, if I were to do content, I'll kind of, I, I would do, if I were to walk through low budget, um, strategy, what I would do in the first 90 to 90 days to six months, mm-hmm. it was, I would test out Facebook fishing posts. I'd do one or one of those a day. And we have a bunch of examples in our 30 day challenge that we, that we have here at carrot. Um, I would then 
like Keith, like Keith said, I, I would then test out Craigslist to see if Craigslist works in your market. Some markets can be really tough. Some we're still, still pulling deals out of in, in a big way. And there's some training, you know, free articles and other things that we can walk you through. There's other Craigslist things that are working great too. And then the next thing that I would do is if you have a budget for it, um, there's a whole different way to calculate your Google pay-per-click budget uh, that is the correct way versus the wrong way uh, that a lot of people go the, the other route and get discouraged. But I would launch a Google ad pay-per-click campaign in my market if I had the budget for it. Um, and I would start posting this content, you know, posting a piece of content once a week. And in those early days, like I said, that's like stacking bricks. You're going to get discouraged because you're like, oh man, like four people saw it and it's not really ranking anywhere yet. But as you go with the online side, what you're looking at, looking for is momentum, mm -hmm. looking for momentum. You're looking to build evergreen marketing uh, that is going to be there working for you in a year, in two years, in five years. Mm -hmm. um, versus the other kind of marketing that still works, the hamster wheel marketing. It, it, hamster wheel marketing is amazing. Uh, but once again, the second you step off of it, it starts to slow down and then grind to a halt and you got to get back on it. That's not how you get freedom. That's not how you get flexibility. You can grow finances there, but you're, you're, you're going to be grinding yourself down or you got to hire people for that, which is amazing. But the, the online side, if you do it right, builds evergreen marketing. And that's what we're seeing with ourselves, with so many of our clients who have executed it well, where they've done the work, they put in the time, they're getting the result, and they could go take a month-long vacation now if they wanted to, because they don't have to worry about the boom and bust of, of their lead generation cycle going like this. It's just, mm -hmm. it's like this now, which is cool. Sure. You know, and it's, it's cool that you bring up the, you know, I think uh, Tom has met it, mentioned it more than once, you know, progress, not perfection. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to CarrotCast as a perfect example of this. Some of my favorite pieces that you've done on your show are those ones where you are um, on your way to the gym or something and you're, you're shooting it in the car. Um, Trevor Truck Talks, man. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and John Martinez does that type of thing too, you know, where it's, yeah. it's spur of the moment, it's top of mind and you're, and you're shooting it. And, and I think a lot of people get hold, held up on having some sort of high production value. Yep. It has to be perfect. Like you said, and, and it's, it's, it's just generating that content. And, and I, frankly, a lot of the stuff that I've, that we've seen the most traction with is the most raw like some yep. of the stuff that gets a, a little bit more attention online or even our postcards or our bandit signs. Mm -hmm. um, it, it almost seems like I'd be better off for a bandit signs to take a piece of cardboard and, and scrawling something on it <laughs> that gets more attention than something slick and polished. Man, pe people are looking for real these days, right? I mean, there's, there's yeah. so many things that we look at that are the filtered version, the filtered version on social media, the filtered version of everything. And people yearn and they're looking for, for raw and real. Uh, and, and also, there, there, there is the marketing psychology side of it too, where if, if you have a house that you're looking to sell, as an example, um, are you, are you going to go with the insanely polished, everything's perfect, uh, company and marketing that's just got everything dialed in. They've all got company vehicles and everything's like all dialed in. Um, or are you going to go with the one that's kind of the mom and pop, the helpful person? Uh, there is some psychology there where, uh, well, shoot, if they have all this really high polish, they're probably, they, they're probably pulling a higher profit out of this, mm -hmm. right? Now, wh whether that's true or not, whether that's true or not, we don't know. 
but that's part of the psychology behind it is, well, man, they're probably going to be really expensive. They're going to offer me a, a crazy low offer because they're pulling more profits out. But I think a lot of it's just the connection and you're spot on with the podcast jackets. It's, it's funny. I, I, I had a similar mindset too, where, where it was kind of stopping me from, from, from doing the podcast more because I was trying to do everything in here or in our, in our studio. And there were times when I would, I wouldn't have a podcast ready. Like you wonder how the Trevor truck talk started. It was a Monday and I didn't have a podcast ready by the time I was heading home and Brady on my team messaged me and he said, or Brendan on my team when he was running it at that time messaged me, he said, dude, I need a podcast to post for tomorrow. And I go, shoot, I don't have one. And so I could have made one or two choices. I could have either just said, ah, we're just going to skip it this week. Mm-hmm. Or I could, or I picked up the phone. So well, let me just record this. And I'm, I'm so glad that we did that because like you're saying, those are my favorite ones. Those are my mm-hmm. favorite ones. We're just kind of coming, coming from my brain, my heart and what I'm thinking about that day, what I'm going through as an entrepreneur. And so I'm, I'm pumped, uh, pumped, pumped to listen to it, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I feel like you and I could be just, I could keep asking you questions and I actually have a handful more that I could just, uh, we could just keep going, but I, I really value your time and, and the, the time you've given us so far, but I do have two last questions. So yep. hit, first, hit me, man. first of all is I'm always curious, how did you come up with carrot as a name? <laughs> How we came up with carrot man? Do we, we we need to we need to put this on our website? We talked about it. Brady Brady's like nodding yes. He's like yeah we do. No probably it's good though. Like it's a good conversation starter. Um, I, I love it. So how we came up with carrot? Uh, my my previous companies they they were they were they were good companies. We had, we had good products. And we were proud of them, but it wasn't something where I was like wrapped into this brand. I was pumped about. I, we didn't have like big real purpose in those other companies. And so after, you know, when I was going through that phase, when I had to make my bank account and income go way down before I could come up, I had to restart. I wrote down five non-negotiables and I said, what do I want to make sure that any business I ever start moving forward always matches these things based off of what I've learned that I did not like in my previous businesses. Mm -hmm. And one of them was um, to have fun in business. I didn't have a lot of fun in my other one. And there are some other ones that aren't, that are amazing, but they're not relevant to, to the carrot thing. And so when I uh, came up with that idea after the contractor walked to my office, I'm like, well, I don't want it to make it just, just drill down to one industry. I think this is something that really is a problem that it's a problem that people have in a lot of industries. I want it to be fun. I want it to be brandable. Um, and I sat there and said, what should a website be for small business? It shouldn't be a brochure, man. It's, that's what most of them are. It should just be a carrot. Like you should be a website should be a carrot where you're dangling in front of them and the person actually wants to bite it. Mm-hmm. and um so that's what it was and then of course after that we're like man you can do all kinds of cool stuff with it like carrot pens <laughs> yeah and i swear there's water in this thing um all kinds of cool stuff so it's fun to brand so and then i always ask is there a question you wish i would have asked mm, man that's a good question um I mean i i, I don't know about a question that I, I wish that you would have asked i that, that's I, I just love having these conversations, honestly, but I will give you an answer to that. Uh, the things that I, the things that I right now like talking about the most um, are how, how, how does a person crack through 
any roadblock or, or barrier, whether it's mental or real, in front of them right now in their life or business. And that really interests me. Because when, when I look at newer investors or entrepreneurs who are wanting to start or someone who's really experienced in hitting, in hitting a rut, which I've been in all those spots, mm-hmm. um, and, and you continue to be in those spots. Like it's not, a, oh, I hit that rut and I'm never going to have, have, have it happen again. Everything goes in waves, right? Um, that those are the conversations I really, really insanely love right now in this phase because I appreciate those downs now. I, I appreciate and recognize and expect to hit a ceiling sometime in the next 18 months ahead of me. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, I, I know that I will hit one and, and now I know a better way, a better ways to get through it. So that right there is a combo I could talk on another two hours. I did it at carrot camp for a 30 minute presentation, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on stuff that I w- I've been starting to do internally, personally, that got me through my, my latest massive mindset shift and through the next level. And, um, I did it to the 15 people in the room and outside, outside of that event, uh, five or six of them are, they took the challenge I gave them. And I didn't tell this guy to quit smoking. I didn't tell him to start running in the morning. I didn't tell him any of that stuff. I had him map out the things that he does not like about his current self, not physical, not stuff you can't change, but your habits, who I currently am being. Mm-hmm. And I had him write why everybody, why is it? that you don't like those things about yourself. Like, why does it matter to you? Then on the flip side of it, I, I had him write, who is the person that you want to become? How would they act? What habits would they have? How would they show up in life? Anything that you want to write, who is that person? And then outside of that, I gave him a challenge called the 1% journey, man. And it's lighting these people up. Like Brent Moreno left. He hasn't smoked since carrot camp and he's been smoking for 10 years. He doesn't run. He's been running three miles a day. I didn't tell him to run. Uh, he, he hasn't drank any alcohol since care camp. I didn't tell him to stop drinking alcohol. I, I like my beer. Um, but he completely uh, shifted the mind, the, the, the visual in his brain of who do I want to become? The person I'm currently being right now is not that. And it's stopping me from becoming and, and becoming the person I want to be and making the impact I want to make mm-hmm. so that topic right there, man, I could talk on that for hours. Well, I think that's a great introduction to get you uh, to come back on the show. Let's do it. Let's that, do it. That'd be awesome because I, uh, the mindset thing is something that I am obsessed about. Um, mostly, mostly because I am one of those guys that if I'm not constantly feeding myself with some sort of positivity, I, I will mentally go into a rut and, and mm-hmm. it just spirals out of control. So you, uh, it, it's that constant I'm, I'm just constantly having to feed myself. And, and that's part of one of those habits in my family. Yeah. It, it, it drives them crazy because I'm constantly having an audio book or a podcast playing in my, in my pocket as I'm walking around the, ho- the house. Right. It, but yep. it's something I have to do to maintain what I need to, to keep things progressing. And that's all of us, honestly, you know, and, and that's something years ago, going all the way back and I'll wrap my story with this, going all the way back to that sitting in that mortgage company doing cold calling on Craigslist and first discovering SEO uh, in, in a room on the way to that little desk that I had uh, was this whole uh, shelf of personal growth books, tapes, CDs, DVDs, real estate stuff, everything, right? And I, I, I thought personal growth was for people that had problems. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you do those things because you've got a problem. And it was there that I discovered and had learned that that's not the case. Personal growth and working on yourself is for someone who wants to grow and not stay stagnant. And Jack, it, it's so cool that you're doing that. And 
for me, when, whenever I fall into ruts, I can always trace back to somewhere in the last one, two, three, four, five, six months, I stopped the habit, a discipline that got me off the train of putting the good stuff in my mind every day. Right. And that trickled to the next thing. Then that trickled to the next thing that trickled to this. Then now I'm in a rut. And so the way I get back, I'm back into it is exactly what you talked about. They're feeding the good stuff in. I start with writing. I start with writing down. I write down uh, just story. I write down vision. I write, I, I just start writing, man. And then I start to go to listening to shoot. I was listening to, listening to Wayne Dyer this morning. It was amazing. Amazing YouTube video. It was fun. So I, if you guys can't uh, tell, Trevor does a great job, especially, you know, his podcast has a lot of marketing and website development and a few other things, but I, I get a lot out of the mindset and a few other things too. So I can't recommend his podcast enough. enough. So make sure you check out CarrotCast mm. um, on your favorite podcasting app. Um, but Outside of that, where can they find you, Trevor? Uh, I, I know you have blog posts and a few other things that uh, people can follow. Yeah, just uh, carrot.com. Yeah, just go to carrot.com, y'all. And we have, we have a really good blog over there. You can find our podcast over there too. Um, we post a lot of good content over there. It's all free. And so it's carrot.com. See what we're doing and see if we can help you guys out. Well, thanks again. It was an awesome conversation and I hope we can do it again. Let's do it, man, for sure. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash house dudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at house You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at house dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by HouseDudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. a man what to do with his money but if you ain't investing in property then you're dumber than a dummy i'm not dumb i'm smart well buy property that's my advice